0: Locked on Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to on August 22nd, Tuesday edition, post solar eclipse edition the nba is still going crazy edition of the locked on blazers podcast i'm your host eric garcia gunderson a writer at many places former blazer beat writer at the vancouver Columbian, and your host of locked on blazers part of the locked on podcast network right here where you come back to get the latest and the greatest on your portland trailblazers it is a tuesday after the solar eclipse i hope Those of you who were in Oregon got a chance to see it. Maybe you were in another part of the country that got to see it. Obviously, here in Oregon, in my hometown of Salem, they had full totality. I did not uh, go to experience full totality, but I do think that the totality that we saw in Portland was pretty cool. Nonetheless, uh, it was a crazy experience. Temperature goes down. Everything gets cold. I thought it was a lot of fun uh and and definitely a unique experience uh that doesn't happen often. So, uh very very cool in my opinion the solar eclipse was. But we're back today for another edition of Locked On Blazers. And today we have some amazing news, some wild news from the NBA not Portland related, but it affects the Blazers and the league just the same, a huge huge move that May have repercussions for years to come. I mean, the, the, with the pieces involved in this trade, you know, this is a big long term deal, I think, for both teams that is huge. And you may have heard this already, but Kyrie Irving has been traded finally. And he was traded today to Boston for Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Ante Zizich, and Brooklyn's 2018 first round pick unprotected that pick is. So the Boston Celtics get Kyrie Irving, uh, an amazing player who has shown in the game's biggest stage that he can elevate his game to another level in the postseason. There's no doubt that Kyrie Irving is an amazing postseason performer. And the Celtics give up in this trade. They they move on from Isaiah Thomas who was supposed to, is going to be a free agent at the end of this season. You have Jay Crowder, who is under contract for a couple of more years on probably the best contract in the NBA, uh, extremely underpaid for the value that he brings as a three and a four, and for Cleveland, they get a player in Crowder who can just take some licks against Kevin Durant and save LeBron's energy down the stretch of game so that LeBron can be more of a help defender and not have to expend... Too much energy guarding Durant, and on the flip side, then you have a, just a more credible defender on Durant. You don't have to throw Richard Jefferson onto him anymore and, and do things like that. As if you're Cleveland, and then they also got Ante Zizic, who you probably may, probably don't know. Maybe you do know him. He he came over from Europe this year. He's been uh, the the Celtics have had his rights for a couple of years. He came over as a rebounder. He was top five in total rebounding in the League, number two in offensive rebounding, and was thought to come in for Boston and and be a guy that can help them on the glass in an area where they desperately needed help. That's something that the the Celtics still have to get better at and will need, uh, I guess, uh, their whole team to pitch in on, and maybe Kyrie helps with that, but they needed rebounding help. They It looked like they were going to get it with Zizic, but now they're trading him for Kyrie Irving because they believe that he's going to be a building block for them for the future, obviously. So uh, lots to discuss here. Kyrie Irving, the the second-best player on a team that won the title two years ago, getting traded to Boston The team that the Cavs played in the Eastern Conference Finals, which uh, you don't see that very often. And reportedly, it was a trepidation of the Indiana Pacers front office when they were trying to make deals for Paul George that they didn't want to trade him in conference for the same reasons or for the reasons that you would assume by trading them in conference, having to see them more often, having a greater likelihood of playing them in the playoffs earlier. But here you see... Cleveland's new GM, Kobe Altman, who is learning on the job or clearly knows what he's doing on the job for the pull that he got in this trade. For me, I think Cleveland wins the deal simply because now not only do they get guys that can play with LeBron and help them defensively in the postseason and in a potential matchup with the Warriors, they also have the out if everything falls apart and LeBron leaves, that they have the out of potentially getting a guy like Michael Porter Jr., who's going to Missouri this season, played at Nathan Hale up in Seattle and is the number one player in high school, or Marvin Bagley, who some folks think is on Michael Porter's level. And so you have those two guys that are highly touted coming into next year's draft and could – could help Cleveland create another rebuild scenario like the one that they had with Kyrie except maybe a little bit better because you've got Kevin Love there you can add a young player in Porter pair him with Love and maybe you're decent in the terrible Eastern Conference maybe you make the playoffs and you don't completely bottom out uh, by getting a player like that on the back end of LeBron or if they get the number one pick and LeBron really likes one of these guys you, maybe you entice lebron to stay with the next up-and-coming number one guy if he really isn't that great and so cleveland was able to build for both timelines which is something that boston i think has done a good job of doing and i think is something that portland has tried to do a lot but maybe not have had as much success in that but that's the way that they're trying to build. And that's the way that all these teams are trying to build, right? We're in the era of Spurs enlightenment where, you know, everyone's thinking about the long-term and the short-term at the same time and trying to balance both of those desires for success and those timelines for success. So I, I think Cleveland hit it out of the park. if they're, They were put in a position where Kyrie didn't want to be there. He reportedly wasn't talking to the teammates during the playoffs. And as I have commended Kyrie for asserting uh, what power he does have to get a trade and kind of beat LeBron to the punch, so to speak, I get it from Cleveland's perspective too to get that kind of bad chemistry that has now developed with Kyrie and LeBron and Kyrie and the Cavs as a whole. Because one of the other stories that came out is that Kyrie wasn't even in contact with the Cavs and wasn't uh, corresponding with them. But he he clearly was when this deal came to fruition. He apparently waived his trade kicker so that the deal could get done and so that Boston could get him at a cheaper price than what they would have to do if he had kept the trade kicker similar to what Alan Crabb did when he was traded to the Brooklyn Nets by facilitating the trade by waving some extra dollars off uh and for boston's perspective kyrie irving is is a superstar and i think is is better than isaiah thomas at this stage and will be better for years to come and and does elevate his game however with all the moves they made this summer they got gordon hayward which was great Gordon Hayward also wouldn't budge on a full max, and because he didn't do that, the the Celtics had to trade Avery Bradley, and Avery Bradley is a spectacular defender, also will likely be going into free agency soon. But as we've talked about on this podcast, when we've talked about Portland's free agents like Yusuf Nurkic, the cap is contracting now. And what we were saying two, three months ago about the Boston guys going into free agency and what are they going to do? They're going to get paid. This was around the same time we all thought they were going to keep the pick and, and draft Markel Foltz, and it was like, well, okay, the smart thing to do would be trade for or keep keep all those guys, draft Foltz, then you have him for a year where he can kind of wait in the wings, be the sixth man, and grow into the role – even though by all accounts he's ready to start day one and the the, the Sixers are going to go with that but the cap is not the same it was a, a couple of months ago there's no guarantee anymore that Isaiah Thomas is going to get 30 million dollars there's no guarantee anymore that Avery Bradley is going to get a max deal there's no guarantee anymore that these guys are going to get the money that we all thought was going to be there because it is not there right now and If you think the Warriors are going to continue to run through the league and vanquish teams in four-game and five-game series, the cap contraction is going to continue, and the market that those guys have for themselves is not what it was two years ago or even a year ago. So when we're talking about the Celtics not wanting to pay uh, Isaiah the money, I have a hard time believing now that the money is going to be there. And then... There are also some concerns that Boston had with his hip, which, again, brings me back to the Fultz thing that we talked about. And they could have just drafted Fultz, kept Avery Bradley, kept Isaiah Thomas, used the pick and Jay Crowder to trade for Jimmy Butler. And, you know, from all the accounts we've heard about the, the, the Chicago negotiations and what they gave what they got for Jimmy Butler I you know I is Fultz Jimmy Butler Avery Bradley and Isaiah Thomas better than Kyrie Gordon Hayward and uh one of the Morrises I mean I don't know and I and I I like Jimmy Butler I mean Jimmy I'm a Jimmy Butler guy Jimmy but Jimmy Butler is my guy and I think he's better than Hayward at pretty much everything he's just a better version of it and then with Fultz, you have a guy who doesn't have the proven finals track record of Kyrie Irving, but at, plays the position where you can get comparable value and, and could be an all-star and multiple-time all-star. And, and from what people say, you know, he's got that James Harden, Brandon Roy change of pace. He's already got that ability to score. And you would be getting him at a fraction of what Kyrie Irving is going to make. You know, you put all those moves together and, and it's hard to, you know, they clearly value Kyrie Irving more than they value Jimmy Butler. That I think is uh, something that we've seen here uh, from just the way this whole thing has developed is that, you know, Boston believes in Kyrie Irving more than they do Jimmy Butler. And I don't necessarily agree with that. I think Fultz, has a really great chance to be great. I've been always a Kyrie Irving guy. I think Kyrie raises his game to another level late in the postseason and when things matter. But I'm, I'm really interested to see, you know, can he be healthy for a season? Can he be the star and leader of a team? And he is maturing. He is 25 now. Uh, but I do wonder, you know, what could have been if they had kept Fultz and then... You know, they, they could have done a lot there. Maybe they used the the Brooklyn pick that they, you know, they, they could have done something there. And I think uh, still been really good. I don't necessarily think that it's making them that much better. But uh, I, I do think Kyrie is a star. I do think he is amazing. But uh, I think a lot of people say the same thing about Markel Foltz, And lots of really brilliant basketball evaluators say that about Markel Foltz And uh was it worth you losing avery bradley was it worth losing all those guys and i don't know uh i i i'm i'm in the camp that cleveland wins this trade based on getting that other pick and for boston's perspective they still have some things to figure out with rebounding i think they still have some things to figure out on the defensive end now that avery bradley is gone But it's clear that they are trying to go for it now. There is not as much waiting. They still have that Lakers pick. So they still have another asset that they can put in play, maybe for uh, another star. And then you've got a really good squad there. And I think Kyrie, Gordon Hayward is is a really nice pairing. I I mean, don't get me wrong. And Jalen Brown, I think, is going to be good. And I think he can fill that Crowder role really well. Uh, But I don't know if, if Kyrie... Is, is really what they should have cashed that big chip on. You know, I, I I would have been maybe more inclined to do it for Jimmy Butler, who is a better defender, a better overall player. But at the same time, maybe they think they can keep their cap space. Maybe they think they can get Jimmy Butler in a couple of years, who is friends with Kyrie Irving. So that's another factor. But you never know what will happen if, If things connect in Minnesota and Jimmy wants to stay there long-term. I talked about the eclipse earlier. Uh, Kyrie Irving does believe that the earth is flat, which is, is funny. But it doesn't matter what you believe when it comes to shopping for tickets, for sports and concerts. And the best place to go for that is SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events with SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience. You can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. Mariners are in a playoff push right now, trying to get up to a game before the season ends, before it gets into October, and the games really, really get start to matter. Mariners are kind of injured and, and fighting it off right now. And and, and, and and trying to stay alive. And if you want to go see that or any other events in, in the Northwest right now, while the weather's still nice, SeatGeek is the best place because they save you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare and find amazing deals. And they help you get the most bang for your buck by grading every ticket based on their deal score from 1 to 100. Every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you don't have to worry about fakes. And make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every ticket. From sports, concerts, to comedy, and theater. But the best thing about SeatGeek is that all my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. So download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code L-O-N-B-A. That's promo code L-O-N-B-A for your $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code L-O-N-B-A today. So, Isaiah Thomas is on the Cavs. Jay Crowder is on the Cavs. Kyrie Irving is on the Boston Celtics with Gordon Hayward. It's a new day. Uh, Also, opening night, October 17th, is going to be lit, as the kids say. Or as I also say sometimes, I'm a big fan of, of that phrase as well. Who am I kidding? Uh, But October 17th is going to be great. I'm very excited for it. NBA opening night just got even more wild. That's the first game too. So uh, very, very excited for that matchup and potentially an Eastern Conference Finals with these two teams, depending on how the rest of the East shakes out. But uh, the, the drama in the NBA never stops as we are here on late August talking about an NBA trade. Like this is... Easily the wildest NBA offseason there has ever been, and it, it, it's it's amazing. Uh, Kyrie Irving is an amazing player, and I think it, it is a is a a nice change there. And a, and I think the ceiling on this Celtics team is higher. But uh, as my friend and comedian Seth Johnson told me, I think the floor is now lower on this team as well. I think the volatility with Boston is a little bit higher now and I think where they were before was like this steady, we're getting better and now it feels like that safety net may may not be there anymore. So, uh really interesting to see how Boston goes with this if everything meshes well together from a chemistry standpoint, but it sounds like he's happy. Woj says that Kyrie is interested in resigning, though there isn't a guarantee, but they the Celtics are confident in that and that's why part of why they made the deal. Which brings us to the next topic of conversation that is all over the news in the league, and that's two things, but it's tampering in the NBA. Uh, Magic Johnson is under is apparently the central focus of an investigation by the NBA into tampering with Paul George, Indiana was not happy they filed a a complaint with the league and the lakers are now under investigation when under the table deals and stuff like that have happened in the nba before it it has been pretty bad Uh, the one that comes to mind is the joe smith uh violations with the minnesota timberwolves like 10 12 years ago maybe even longer than that now where the timberwolves lost draft picks because of uh violating the the terms of the cba with when it came to tampering and uh, i think it was like an under the table negotiation something like that where they got penalized and it, it's been an open secret that paul george has wanted to go to the lakers for a while but the magic johnson thing with him tampering i mean what are they going to do to Magic Johnson? He basically made the league, and also he he hasn't been a front office person, and probably knows these guys on a personal level because they all look up to him because he's a legend, and so uh, he probably thought he was above tampering, and he probably you know isn't going to get in trouble because like what I mean what uh, it, it it's hard to I think differentiate the contact between Magic Johnson the personality icon and Magic Johnson the. Vice President of Basketball Operations or whatever he is now for, for the Lakers. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. And it's the same thing with players tampering or agents tampering because they all hang out with each other. So it it's, well, this person's my friend. And then I'm talking to them like that when, in actuality, it's most of these are business transactions and they... Are both earnest and then also not at the same time, and uh, it's it's a really interesting dynamic because uh, it happens. I think tampering happens. It, it has happened for years. Teams contact players. They have they send smoke signals. I mean, when you read that people send smoke signals, it's it's they're going through intermediaries to execute tampering. Like that. That is what happens in the league. I mean, tampering going back to the LeBron-Miami teams was a thing that has been a conversation in the league, and I don't think executives like it because it takes away their power, but at the same time, uh, the players are the are the ones that are driving the interest in, in, in the league, and, and they're the ones that are doing the labor that makes the league what it is, and so if they want to have a say in how the teams get drawn up and and where they go to work and 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 how everything goes i mean it's hard for me to disagree with that when they are the ones earning generating all the revenue and so tampering happens all the time and and i think it's with players it's it's more under the guise of networking because they're all peers uh but i think here the example with magic johnson is, is he's not a player anymore and even though he is a legend and on another level that most GMs are not on uh i you know th- that's where the trouble comes and the thing too is you know how does this set a precedent for future seasons because i do think the nba has to try and draw a line so to speak because there will be more former players that are going to be gms and head of basketball operations and i think uh, that's a, a problem that the league is trying to address. They want more pl- former players in positions with the front offices because there is a odd discrepancy in who has those front office jobs and who has, and, and who's playing. They're not the same people. It, it's a lot of, you know, tech people, guys from finance and all this stuff, not ex NBA players. And, uh, that is something that the league is trying to remedy. So if they're going, they need to do that because they need to set some actual tampering rules because the GMs of the future, I think while, you know, the, the analytics and everything uh, has been leaning towards, you know, the finance guys and the projection guys and all that stuff. I do think we're going to see a lot more hybrid versions of guys that are just coming into this new age of the NBA where, they're playing the game and they also have an understanding of all these advanced statistics and advanced metrics and the salary cap, the CBA, the league is trying to do that. So if the league is going to get to a place where more people, not legends like Magic Johnson, but respected former NBA players are taking positions of power within the NBA and I, they're going to have to find a line where you know the tampering doesn't happen anymore. And where there, there is a line, because the, the, if they want to keep the competitive balance, you know, the, oh, this guy was a legend, I looked up to him, you know, th- and then, you know, he's also a GM for a team that wants m- to have me as a player, that is a situation that could be repeated multiple times. And they're going to have to figure that out. Uh, and, and so it's kind of come to a head I think with this Paul George situation and one of the consequences could even be not allowing Paul George to go to the Lakers so that would be crazy and uh take that off the board which would be insane because that's where he wants to go but they do have to have things in place to prevent these things from happening because I think the former respected NBA player in a position of power in basketball operations I think is only going to be Uh, a thing we see even more because i think that's what we should see because it's just you know that i think is is fair for you know a lot of these guys uh to to be a part of the league that they helped build uh and another uh, angle of on the tampering is the latest news about andrew wiggins splitting with his agent bill duffy uh he will apparently part ways with bill duffy after Duffy negotiated a five-year, one hundred and forty-eight million dollar deal, uh, it, it, it appears, according to the Woj story, that some other agents have been talking to Wiggins, trying to get him to be a part of their agency or a startup operation that's trying to poach clients from other from other agencies, which happens all the time, and that's that's pretty much the entire agent game is trying to make sure you keep your clients and then stealing other people's clients for a lot of people and a lot of agencies. That's just how it goes. And uh, some of those agencies are approaching Wiggins with deals that would take no percentage off of his NBA contracts, which would be, uh, you know, that's a a move to get them as your agent. Obviously I think maybe there would be other ancillary deals and other deals where they would try and make their money. Uh, But one of the things that the ESPN article says by Woj uh, with a quote from Duffy is that tampering is a common problem and uh, that's something that continues to to go on. And I talked about the executives, but clearly another example here is that the agents, you know, those have – Traditionally, the agents and the executives have been the power brokers and agents more so have been power brokers because they have the players. But one of the things that you're seeing maybe here with with Wiggins here is uh, subverting the the agent, the traditional agent structure altogether. And that's something that Jalen Brown for the Boston Celtics has done uh by only having a, a, an agent negotiate his sneaker deal and then not take any money off of his NBA deal. So this could be a whole nother paradigm shift and again is another reason why they need to try and create some tampering guidelines because it seems as if you know the traditional power structures of the NBA are becoming decentralized so the league needs to uh, create rules to try and prevent those things. But at the same time, how do they legislate that? And this is why I think it was important when I noted it with Brandon Sprague the other day that CJ McCollum and what he's doing is really important. I think uh, could be a way that Portland gets into the mix for some of these guys is that he's recruiting, he's playing pickup with these guys in New York and in LA and and and. And networking with them and and schmoozing, so to speak. I mean, he, he and and I think more players have taken the approach of poaching guys from other teams, kind of like an agent. And I think what McCollum has done this summer ha- and has positioned himself as is kind of that guy that could. Maybe make some moves for Portland in that regard when it comes to the interpersonal workings of the league and trying to 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 get talent on your team. I think Dame obviously wants that, but I definitely think CJ's approach has been much more outward and forward and talking about them on social media and tweeting at guys and all that stuff. And I think with what we see with the tampering and, and it seems like the league doesn't really know how to handle it. How are they going to legislate it? The power is all going to be in the players. And I think uh, what CJ has done this summer with trying to get more guys and, and and play with more guys and talk to more guys and interact with guys and talk about them on social media and all that stuff, I think maybe is a way for Portland to to, to make a little room in this uh, new kind of chaotic NBA that is even more chaotic uh, than it ever has been and uh, for those of you who watch Game of Thrones you may know the quote chaos is a ladder and perhaps maybe CJ's uh, schmoozing and planning and and all that stuff could come to fruition in Portland getting some other players to come to Portland Uh, but we'll see as the tampering story develops and the NBA craziness continues uh, amazing stuff late August NBA drama, but we're going to leave it here until next time. Thank you for listening to locked on blazers, part of the locked on podcast network, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, audio, boom, Google play TuneIn FM. I'm sorry if I didn't give your favorite podcast app, a shout out, but leave us a five star review and we will catch you next time on another edition of locked on blazers.